folks to another episode of That Anita Live. I'm Anita, your host, and this week again we're tackling the topic of turning your mess into a message. I am joined by Tanisha Flood, host of the online radio show Flood the Block and author of the book Project Me, 30 Days to a Better You. She's on a mission to help women battle depression and anxiety through awareness and accountability. Welcome, Ty, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for coming out, Ty. Thanks for having me. Now, where does your interest come from for helping women with depression and anxiety? Um, it came from me uh, battling with depression and anxiety. Um, it's interesting because it's something that I've had for probably since my early teens okay. and didn't really realize it. Um, and with depression or anxiety, anxiety, sometimes you get episodes depending on how you know, the certain stress kind of environments that you, you're in. Okay, so when you say that you probably had it since you were a teen, mm -hmm. what do you think happened in your teen years that brought on depression? Well, um, in my teen years, my first, I guess, episode, so to speak, I was uh, in this teenage love so to, um, type of situation. Okay. Um, a lot of it stemmed from just having a past of not having a father in the household. Um, being a victim of molestation, you know, due to that. And so my main thing was, oh, you know, love, you know, finding the right guy. And I think it, it really started out with feeling like, okay, well, that disappointment of, okay, if I did something wrong, they'll leave and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, it kind of started out there. Um, I think I had my first therapy session when I was probably like 15 or 16. So how did that come about? Oh, did gosh. you approach the school guidance counselor? Did somebody no. notice it in you and suggest it? My boyfriend at the time, and I want to say I was about 16, my boyfriend at the time actually told me to go get some help. Really? Because <laughs> I was talking just, uh, I was I was just talking. Gibberish. Gibberish. <laughs> um, and, and probably to him talking crazy, you know, and was really, um, I was actually talking about uh, having suicidal thoughts, so to speak. Really? So, um, so he's the one that actually okay, introduced me Okay, so now, next step. Mm -hmm. How did you find a therapist as a teenager? Um, I just did some research. I really didn't know what I was doing. I just, you know, I think at that time, obviously, I had to go through a parent. So I told my mom, which wasn't okay. great. Um, <laughs> cause she was just like, what, <laughs> what do you need to do that for? Right. Um, but I actually talked her into, um, setting me up or talking to my, my physician, my main physician to get me a referral. Okay. 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 So for teenagers out there that may be having difficulty, mm -hmm. it is possible. Oh, it's, it's very much possible. And actually I'm a huge advocate for even before teen, teenage years, because there's a lot of children that are in elementary school that deal with depression, that okay. deal with anxiety. Um, and the school counselors, I'm sorry, they just, they don't work. They're not really working. They have too many kids they have to look mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. um, so they yeah, can't their really- Their position has really been watered down. It's really been watered down. I mean, a lot of schools now, they do have psychiatrists that come in maybe twice a week or so, but- They're stretched thin because they have so many schools under the belt yes. that need to cover. They, um, 
And from what we've seen, you know, you, you turn on the TV, you know, there's always something going on yes, in the schools. I really is. feel like schools really need to pay a little bit more attention to their students and really make sure that if, you know, if schools aren't, you know, having a better um, better counseling system mm -hmm, in there, mm -hmm. that they need to, you know, work with the parents to at least, you know, identify um, some of the children who may need some help. Okay, so 16, mm. poor offense suggested that you see someone because you were have you were speaking suicidal mm -hmm. thoughts, suicidal contemplation. Yeah, more so, you know, just um, talking, just really not loving myself because I felt okay. as though I wasn't feel, you know, I wasn't given the love that I felt that I, I should have. Um, and so that in turn just had me really really just kind of thinking, okay, well, no one cares, you okay. know, um, so why should I care and, and that type of stuff. But you hear a lot from kids, you know, when they have their temper tantrums or things like that. No one cares, so why should I, you know, those so type of things. did therapy help? Um, what therapy did was, and therapy did was open up a can of worms, which I, I say because what, you know, depending on the type of therapy that you, you see, they they try to go and I can't think of the name of that of that therapy, but they go backwards in order to bring you to bring you current. Okay. So okay. they try to dig to figure out why you're dealing with these issues, um, which a lot of people they have to address it. You know, okay. you can't really move forward if you don't address your issues mm -hmm. that you've had. So it opened up a lot of doors that I closed um, and that. I just kind of pretty much dug, dug deep. So when I go in there and they're asking me all these questions and I'm just like, oh no, you know, it was, it was, I wasn't ready. I wasn't really prepared to hear or to really do that. So at that particular time for me, I think it kind of made me feel, um, I didn't welcome it. I didn't, I really didn't welcome it. It was scary. How often did you go? I think I only probably went a few times yeah, and then, you shut and then it down. I just shut it down. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it's always that built up anxiety of, I don't want to talk about those things. I want to keep it dug, you know, dug deep. I don't, I don't know, you know, so um, I'd shut it down and I just went on with my life. Um, but I also, you know, during my teenage years, after I started getting a little bit older, um, probably a little bit out of high school or, or what have you. I started just being really just, you know, promiscuous, just really just kind of impulsive. Um, just in my eyes, I was just living, I was just like, whatever. I'm just living life and just, you know, and I was really living like, you know, I really didn't have a care. Like I could die tomorrow and I, I didn't care. Um, it was just more so like, let me just live, have fun, do what I'm gonna do. And looking back, <laughs> do you wish you had dug into it? I really in those do. Therapy sessions? I do. I do. I think looking back, I think I would be in a much better place. Mm -hmm. I think I would be, um, even though I, I feel I'm successful now to some, I may be successful to myself. I'm always still reaching and reaching. Mm -hmm. There's really no, um, I don't know. I, I think I overachieved because I'm trying to, you know, be better than what I feel like I've been or what have you. I don't know how to put that. But mm -hmm. I think that if I did address it, if um, it was paid more close, if the, it was paid more attention to, mm -hmm. like if my family supported it, um, 
I think I probably my I probably would be much better, much better. So I probably wouldn't have still have the episodes that I have now or or things like that. Now, as I'm you know older, um, as I started getting older, um, you know, my, my last episode happened probably a few years ago. Um, was dealing with my son who was in, you know, he was in elementary school, starting school. It was just, you know, doing the single mom thing, working all the time, trying to come home, still working because I'm taking care of him. And my job was really, really stressful. Um, something happened. I had a moment and it just started crashing down on me okay. to where I was at a point of having a nervous breakdown. And um, now, I went wait to... Wait a minute, paint that picture for me. So when mm -hmm. you said... Things just started crashing down. What does that mean? What what? It's almost like having um, a panic attack. You know, having an anxiety attack where mm -hmm. I'm just like breathing real heavily. Mm -hmm. You know, I am crying. You know, nonstop. I could be, you know, just sitting at my desk and would just be crying. Um, very moody. Very just short and just like. Leave me alone. Snapping at people. Snapping at people. Mm -hmm. um, but the real thing was just crying a lot because I was, I don't, I, at that time, like before then, I wasn't really like a crybaby. Okay. But it was like everything would bring, like, I remember um, being at my son's school. He was, he was having a situation. He was acting up. What if I told you that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head? What if with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind and live every day as your true, authentic self. It is possible, and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage. And feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain. Get your free copy at thatanitalive.com slash ebook. Acting up and I remember every time the counselor or the student support would say that he did this, I would just burst into tears. Cause I was just like, he can't be doing that. He's not doing that at home and I'm not raising him. Like it was just a lot. Um, so just dealing with a lot of the pressure of, you know, being this, you know, being a better mom to him, being there supporting him. How as did well you come out of that? I went back to therapy. <laughs> I went back to therapy. Put that work in. I had to put the work <laughs> in. Um, and, and honestly, yeah, it, it really is about putting the work in. I knew that I had to be better for this child that I was raising. He's really been the motivation, okay. honestly. Um, and he would tell you, like, I'm the best thing that ever happened to my mom because I, I would tell him this because um, he's really been that motivation for me to want to get better mm -hmm. and to also want to help other women in turn to get better. Um, I think at my lowest point, you know, I just, I, I wanted to sleep all day. I didn't want to, I didn't want to get up. I knew I had to, I just didn't want to. It was just no, I, I didn't have motivation to do 
anything that I used to enjoy doing. So how did you, what did you do in your counseling sessions? Like if there were some tips or techniques that you would give people that are listening, mm -hmm. what would you suggest to them to help them dig through and get out? One of my favorite things that I learned in counseling that I actually talk a lot about is meditation. Um, meditating was something that, um, you know, I learned in counseling. And it was funny because, you know, she was talking about meditation. I'm just like, the Buddha thing? Like, <laughs> sitting there and have my, like, I was like, oh. So, but she gave me, uh, you know, she gave me homework to really um, spend, she say at least five minutes, then up it to maybe 10, then okay. up it, you know, and just really sit, no distractions. Um, and she even told me about um, how I can download meditation music, like even on Pandora, they have a meditation station. So, so I, I did it, I did the homework and um, I was doing it. I had to do it every day until I came to see her and I, I did feel better and okay. it, it made me feel a lot better. Um, which also in turn helped me write a little bit more because it was int uh, when I was younger, I used to write a lot. I have so journals. Did, once you began to meditate, did you feel clearer in your head? I did. I felt calmer. Mm. Um, I felt really calm. The anxiety, you know, lessened a little bit. I wasn't as, as much of a worry, worry wart mm -hmm. as I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of felt real calm and just relaxed. It's just yeah. even, and then it was even, you know, she gave me tips of, you know, even when you're at work and you can't sit down and close the door, just take a deep breath and count, you know, backwards from 10 and just take a real, take a few deep breaths. So I started practicing that. I mean, religiously, I was practicing those because I was still working in a high stress um, environment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, it was really triggering more and more of that anxiety in me. So I had to, it was like either I have to find a way to cope and, and deal with it or I have to leave this place. So. So how do we get from there to actually starting a nonprofit? Oh, so the all group initially started out as. <laughs> Look at your face. Um, Did you see how your face lit up? <laughs> I didn't want to start a nonprofit. I didn't want to do any more work than what I was doing. <laughs> um, but. The all group started with my, my first vision for it was to have a support group. Okay. Just a support group for moms like me um, or even just, you know, young teenage girls that are battling with house, you know, any kind of home dysfunctions mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, that was the vision. And as I started to really dig more into mental health and mental illness, um, I actually had an uncle that had passed and he he had come to find out, you know, there's always in the family, oh, that's that crazy uncle, whatever, and things like that, and come to find out, he actually had a mental yeah. illness. Mm -hmm. um, so I just really started to learn, read more about it. Um, I had a girlfriend mm -hmm. from high school who had committed suicide um, as well within those particular time spans. So mm -hmm. it was just like a whole bunch of just these things saying you need to, focus on mental health. You need to try to see how you can help other women or men, just help them understand uh, their disorder, help them know, you know, that they're not alone, that there are many, many people who probably haven't even been clinically diagnosed that are walking around each day with a mental illness. Um, so then it turned into, okay, let's go ahead, 
all right, I'm ready. Let's start the organization so I can really be as a, more effective in the community. So what's the mission of the R group? Well, the mission of the R group is to educate, um, to empower. I mean, awesome women of empowerment. That really just stemmed from me wanting to empower um, empower many to, you know, fight those stigmas okay. that are surrounding mental illness. You know, people that may tell you that you're crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're crazy. We're crazy. Awesome. You know, we're great. <laughs> um, and to really hopefully build more resources. Um, there are a lot of, you know, individuals who don't really want to go to therapy. They don't want, they don't feel comfortable. Um, and trust me, I understand, you know, I've been there where I don't want to sit in a chair and I don't want to relive situations that it took time to dig down. Mm -hmm. um, so it's also about creating a safe haven, you know, for those who want to talk, who want to vent, but they don't want to go, you know, they don't have insurance or they don't want to sit in someone's chair, you know, that they feel doesn't understand them because that's the misconception. They feel like some therapists don't understand them. And I actually just recently met a therapist that kind of opened my eyes up a little bit because she actually, first time I actually heard a therapist tell her story. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, so you guys aren't, you guys are, yeah. Therapists are people too. They're, you're people. <laughs> you know, you actually have experienced this. Right. So you could be someone that I can feel comfortable with coming to talk to because I know you're not looking at me like you're just not interested mm -hmm. or that I'm just you know, really crazy. So a lot of people that go into helping professions do so because they've had that experience. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that I've learned that more and more as I, you know, as I've continued to educate myself. Um, I just recently became a mental health first aider as well. And this is something that um, it was it was a great class because it opened my eyes to many other things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also something that I'm trying to incorporate in the all group too, is to hopefully get, have more people to become, you know, become a first aid uh, because there's someone you're living with or someone that you, you're, you're a caregiver for that may suffer from mental illness. And it's really important that people understand how to communicate to them. It's really important that people understand how to help them. Um, there's things that you just cannot say because what you say may affect their actions later, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, there, there's still a lot of people, like I said, that still, you know, they shame you mm -hmm. or, you know, they still have the stigma around mental illness. So they think that they should handle the situation with force. Yeah. Which only escalates it. It escalates it. Now, you've also written a book, Project B, 30 Days to a Better You. Yeah, so Project Me, this about? <laughs> that came out through my meditation <laughs> days. Um, one of the main things that I had learned, um, and like I said, me trying to be an overachiever just comes stems from, you know, the disorder of feeling like I have to be perfect and okay. I have to achieve things. So being a mother, um, being, you know, a leader at my job, just being feeling like I have to be everything. Um, this book is more so talking about how I can be a better person for myself and taking the time for myself. So it 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 kind of jots down 30 things that you can do to really take care of yourself so that you could be that per that perfect wife, that perfect mother, um, that perfect, you know, boss or what have you. So I wrote it. I wrote the book and um, 
it, it's, it says 30 days to a better me. I, that was just something that I had came up with for the, for the name of it because I wanted it to be kind of like a, a challenge for, you know, an individual to challenge themselves to create a better environment for them, to challenge themselves mm. to be their own project. You know, we have a ton of project managers and I'm a project manager. So it was just like, you know, you're, you're, you're managing all these different projects. Okay, okay. You know, if you're a boss, you having all these different people coming in your office telling you this and that. And you're like, oh, my gosh. But it's like, OK, how can I better manage me so that I'm more effective in the things that I really want to do. Okay, so let me call out a couple of chapter titles mm -hmm. and you give me an overview of that chapter. Uh, re revisit your old passions. So that comes from when you are dealing with depression, um, especially um, you lose all sensation of things you like you used to like to do. Um, for me, it was, you know, I, I didn't enjoy being out, being social mm -hmm. all the time. I didn't want to do that. Um, even down to just being, doing the entertainment and arts things that I, I grew up on doing. I, I was just like, uh, I don't feel like doing that. Oh, so it was more okay. so just okay. revisiting, um, the goals, the passion and goals that you, you, you thought you wanted to accomplish or you wrote down to accomplish years ago and you forgot all about it because you've been too, you know, enthralled in, uh, what's going on now. I don't want to fall in love. Yeah. Um, mm. go on, spill it. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Let me think. So that <laughs> chapter, <laughs> um, it was, it, it's kind of, uh, an oxymoron. Um, it's, it's more so. It's, it's really about not really wanting to deal with the disappointments of being in love. Okay. Um, don't want to fall in love for with people, with, with men in general that didn't really um, know how to love me. And then also it was just like I talk a lot about trying to love myself more in that chapter. Don't eat your way to happiness. <laughs> I like to eat. And so <laughs> that's another downfall of uh, when you go through certain depressions and things like that. Um, there's some some people when they're depressed, they they tend to not eat. Some people when the, and others, they tend to eat a lot. Um, so trying to motivate myself to get back in better shape, to not eat everything that I saw to really um, use exercise, which exercise is one of the top ways to help, you know, cope and one um, is a coping mechanism as well. If you're dealing with depression or any kind of mental illness mm -hmm. is exercise. Um, so that's that's what it touched on is, you know, being healthier physically. OK, we'll be right back. We'll be joined by Davida to talk about what it's like being on Ty's board. <laughs> what if I told you? that you could stop the negative tape from playing inside your head. What if, with seven simple steps, you could leave the pain of the past behind and live every day as your true, authentic self? It is possible, and you can do it. The ebook, Seven Simple Steps to Beat Emotional Baggage, How to Become Whole, Healed, Healthy, and Happy, shares how to resolve emotional baggage and feel free to live true to your own personality, spirit, and character. 
transform negative thinking into positive thinking and become equipped to boldly face your past and resolve emotional pain. Get your free copy at thatanitalive.com slash ebook. And we're back talking with Ms. Ty Flood about mental illness and how her 501c3, the awe group, awesome women of empowerment, mm -hmm. assist people in the community. We're joined now by one of her board members to discuss. You're both on each other's boards for 501c3s. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it mm -hmm. difficult for the two of you to work together? No. No. To mm -mm. know who's in charge at what time? <laughs> no. mm -mm. It's so funny because mm -mm. Um, both of our, and the reasons why it's easy mm -hmm. is because both of our missions kind of coincide. And we both have mm -hmm. that similar passion for, like, my passion for her mission, you know, with I Just Want to Help is the same with my passion for the all group. Because to me, it's, it's all one. Mm -hmm. um, we both attack the same pretty much issues. And we okay. both have similar things that we're also growing from and we're learning from. So it makes it so much easier to, you know, to work together and to be on each other. It just made sense to. But the responsibility mm -hmm. changes based on which group is, I guess, claiming responsibility for the activity, no? Well, I, it's almost like where you go, I go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's okay. it's we we tag team a lot of the diff a lot of the endeavors that we have mm -hmm. um, like today. You know, we, we tag team. Um, we believe in uh, we are blessed. So we are a blessing to others. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it has worked beautifully for us. Um, obviously, you know, if we don't agree with something, it's just that we don't agree with it. And then we work our way through it. But it has been a true blessing to be able to work with someone who we both kind of share the same work style we okay. do we're both workhorses okay. um we're both perfectionists were you okay. friends before starting the 501c's yeah i met davida by tasting one of her delicious cupcakes <laughs> <laughs> um she actually was a guest on flood the block radio show okay um and she came in as a guest to demonstrate her cupcakes mm -hmm. Um, and that's how we met. And I don't know how long it took us to kind of connect, connect, mm -hmm. but it, 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 it came, gosh, I don't even know how long it took us, but I don't know what that conversation was, but for mm -hmm. some reason we, we had a conversation over the phone that just kind of just started to grow. Okay. Um, and we noticed the similarities mm -hmm. and experienced some of the things that we wanted to um, do um, were similar, and I think that's what helps uh, kind of grow. It's like I always, I always joke, and I call her like my, my pastor <laughs> slash therapist sometimes, okay. um, because I would, you know, start to feel comfortable with confiding in her about certain things, um, and I, I, I would say vice versa for her. So it just, that's how we mm -hmm. kind of met. It, it was, it, it really was one of those things like we met for a reason, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. I thought I was just going to eat cupcakes on that day, and <laughs> she was just going to be a guest on the show, but it ended up turning into a bigger bond than that. So how has that changed how either of you run your organizations? She runs her organization the way she wants to run it, and I run mine the way that I want okay, to run it. But in your organizations, how, how do you express yourselves when you disagree on a certain point? We talk it out. Mm-hmm. We're very straightforward with each other, and I think mm -hmm. that's extremely important. 
um, especially if you're doing an organization or a business owner in general, mm -hmm. you have to be strong. Always remember, <laughs> there is nothing you are not worthy of. Take a good look at your situation and assess whether or not you've accomplished all of your dreams. If not, then it's time to get busy creating a life you would love to live. Like Ty, put in the work, dig down deep. If you should need to create a journey to your emotional healing, never be afraid to do so. To reach out to Ty, visit thegroup.org. I'm Anita, your host. Be sure to check out that's anitalive.com for where and when to see our next episode.